0: Hello and welcome to Episode 11 of Prep to Pivot Season 2, where we explore different aspects of making pivots in careers with expert guests from academia, industry veterans across banking, retail, hospitality, to diplomats and research faculty from top business schools across the world. Today, we have with us expert guest, Professor Deepak Jainam, who is an assistant professor in the strategy area. His research focuses on the area of innovation management and corporate strategy. Broadly, he studies the links between firms' innovation efforts and competitive advantage and investigates the why and in what manner firms use a mix of corporate development activities to alter their product and geographical market scope. At ISP, he teaches electives in strategic innovation management and growth strategy. Prior to his PhD, he worked for several years in the industry with Deloitte, TCS, LG Electronics and WNS Global Services, primarily in the area of business and corporate strategy. So thank you so much for joining us today, Professor. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Mm -hmm. And now that we've understood your career path so far, I'd like to start by understanding a little why you... Chose to pivot into academia and research. Was mm-hmm. there a particular moment, a turning point, as such?
1: Yeah, it's an tra- interesting question. Um, so I always wanted to be in academics. Okay. I so I did my engineering. My final year, I wanted to do a PhD in economics, okay. right? Um, and so I applied to a few places. I had interview at few places, but you know everybody told me, you know you're an engineer, you have no background in economics. And you want to do a PhD in economics, this is not the right time. Right? Okay. You should go get a job, do something else, and maybe apply later. Uh, so I got into an MBA you know, immediately afterwards, and I worked for many years. You start earning money, uh, then you lose track. And then at some point in time, I decided that, hey, I, I really need to get back to the first thing that I really always wanted to do is to get to into academics. That right. took a lot of years. That took about 10 years for me to... Again, come back and apply to a PhD program. So it's not—it's a, a pivot, but it's not really a pivot because I always wanted to be an academic.
0: Okay, all right. Um, so, what is it about you know the, the your research area that excites
1: you the most? So I work in innovation. That's my right. area. Um, essentially, trying to answer this very broad question about. Uh, how can innovation help firm have competitive advantage? Right. So I'm a strategy scholar. Right. So I look at you know, how innovation can really shape firms' outcome. Right? So, so there are many things that you can look at. You can look at ecosystems. You can look at you know, how firms create products and services. You can, uh, you, know, you can look at how teams work. I'm specifically interested in individuals within organizations. Okay. I look at scientists, I look at inventors, right? I look at inventing teams, and I try and make a connection between what they do uh, and the greater goal of creating for the firm, creating more you know, better products and services, having an edge in the marketplace. So the, specifically, the individuals and the, how the individuals work in teams uh, is what excites me the most.
0: Okay. All right. So um, as you mentioned that you had worked for 10 years in the corporate and then you moved into academia. Mm-hmm. So when you started uh, your PhD or then into teaching, what was something that was more uh, unexpected than you had thought it might be?
1: Yeah. So, so interesting thing happened. So um, I decided I wanted to do a PhD. Uh, But I also talked to somebody who was just beginning to start his academic career and he told me that it'll be very difficult for you to You're trying to apply to these US schools, they're very competitive program and since you've worked so many years in the industry, it's very difficult for you to transition into that. So he said, I would suggest you to, you know, go to ISB, uh, spend a few months there as a research assistant, uh, learn what it takes to do academic research right try and unlearn a lot of things um and then apply for a phd program so that was something that was a very useful advice so i left whatever i was doing i left my job i applied to become an ra here at isp one of the professors i spent about a year trying to understand what academic research is how is it different than you know the kind of stuff that i was doing so the shock that uh Usually a company, a lot of people who get into a PhD program was less for me because of this whole transition.
0: Right, that actually made like the transition, as you said, much smoother because you had a sort of like a buffer before you moved. Absolutely. Um, uh, even then, what was something that was very different from your corporate career versus your uh, time in academia? Yes, yeah, so,
1: so, so, so I always, in the, in the 10 years that I was in the corporate, I always did uh, strategy work, right? Right. So strategy work requires a lot of research. So we did a lot of research about markets, a lot of research about competition, Right, um, so, so it's not as, as research was new to me. Uh, I had always done research, but the kind right. of research that we do in, in corporate, particularly in strategy related work, is different than the kind of research that we do here in uh, in business school and academic research. Right, okay. um, so there is a lot more rigor, okay. Uh, you know, on a scale of one to ten, you know, there's a lot more rigor here than what is so there, you know, okay, you collect some information, there are a lot of conjectures, not so much here. So. Um lot more rigor, lot more long-term oriented. Right? So there you start a project and the project gets done in three months and you move on to another project. Right. Here it takes much longer collecting data, collecting the right kind of data, cleaning it, you know, thinking about ideas, making connections, running, you know, several different analyses, writing the paper, taking it through the review process. So a lot uh you know, long-term, much rigorous and slightly more abstract so there you know you you try to address a very specific problem to the firm okay how do we improve market share and all that here it is more abstract you are trying to get uh, things that are much more generalizable uh, not just for one particular firm but for uh, learnings that may be applicable to a broader set of firms right so those are the things that i really recognized only once i came into this field um but that was also very much aligned with what I wanted to do. I wanted to do a lot more rigorous work. I wanted to do work that is more long term. Uh, so this, this gave me that platform to do exactly what I wanted to do.
0: Right. So since you've had work both in strategy, uh, like in implementation as well as in research, having sort of a top view of what is it, what would you say is something that uh, that's an opportunity that can be made for the future in strategy? Like where is strategy headed now?
1: I think so so strategy the you know, strategy came about or actually blossomed out of field um, in the nineteen eighties. Okay. Uh nineteen eighties is a lot more about, you know, a very external view of strategy about competing in the marketplace. Nineties actually strategy research found its place when people started looking inwards about what skills, capabilities, competency does the firm have. Right. And how do we build uh those capabilities, competencies, how do we leverage those capabilities, competencies to enter new markets, innovate? It's right? so all of this thing has, uh, you know, as 90s was the time when people started thinking more deeply about it. I think those things are still very relevant, okay. right? Uh, strategy, strategy is as much inward looking as outward looking. Outward looking, okay, there are opportunities out there you need to capture, but you can only capture those opportunities well if you're well positioned internally, in terms of the capabilities you have, the competencies you have, the structure that you have, the culture that you have. Um, so, so one set of it is very, you know, very standard, very, you know, set like the internal view, but the opportunities keep, keep changing, right? Like AI is coming. So what does AI mean for strategy development and, uh, and execution? Right. So what does sustainability mean for strategy development and execution? So the, how do you organize internally to capture all these new opportunities that are coming away? That is changing. So some of it is constant, some of it is changing. Right. right. Um, that's the way I look at it.
0: Absolutely. So that's really interesting because as you mentioned, there are parts or elements that are constantly changing, like you said, AI sustainability. Mm-hmm. and sustainability. Uh, and given that, as you said, it is a very rigorous process to do research. So being aware of what is happening in your field like being aware of the state of the art so we to be sure is something that needs to be requires constant updation so what are some of the ways that you sort of self-educate or keep yourself aware of what's happening in your field
1: oh absolutely absolutely so um this is you know so so the good thing about me spending many years in the industry is i always try and have some connections with it right so i uh, I speak to executives very frequently, trying to understand what they're doing, what are the challenges, what are the opportunities there. but I also read very extensively, you know so I would def you know you would always find me reading and not just reading but sharing articles with my students, Wall Street Journal, Financial Times. So so these are very very important to read but more importantly and I was telling one student here more important is to connect right so it's not just reading but you try and connect this whatever you're reading with something else that you read before. Or some broader phenomena, or some broader challenge or opportunity that uh, you know that you're seeing. Uh, I think that is the most important part of a strategist, right? So not just reading, but uh, but synthesizing, assimilating, making those connections, right? Dotting those I's and you know crossing those T's. Those are the next higher level skills that you really need to do. Uh, reading is the first basic thing. If you don't read, you don't understand. You don't. You just miss out on major events. You miss out on major trends. Uh, But even if you read, moving from that level to the next higher level of assimilating and synthesizing is very key, absolutely key for our success in our field.
0: Absolutely. So um, as you mentioned that you used to send a lot of emails to our students with those interesting like articles or something that linked what you taught with that. So as a professor, how do you balance your time between developing course material, uh, doing your own research, your own readings and taking classes and the list just seems to go on
1: right right so so um, again so most part, most part of our time is spent in research right so you work on you identify a problem you work on that problem you work, work with your research assistants you work with your co-authors right uh teaching uh, f- for me you know, it's about 2 months a year but during those 2 months a year i i i basically you know drop everything i'm doing and focus on teaching right so mm-hmm. try and prioritize you know what is important at what stage of the time so 10 months of a year prioritize research over anything else those two months a year i prioritize teaching over anything else right but this whole thing about reading and and, and talking to people is what i do continuously uh, because a it gives me ideas that i can implement in my research and b it gives me ideas that you know my comes to changing the curriculum or you know adding some new material for my teaching it also helps me do that
0: absolutely so uh, as you mentioned that you had a lot of connects with the industry and that's what you bring about in your cases your research as well so as a researcher in a business school how critical would you say is
1: networking um it is it is important right so what are we trying to do you know a you know we are educators we are trying to make our curriculum as relevant as possible for the students right so so talking to executives talking to your students to alums helps you um, understand okay you know what is happening out there i mean it helps you also identify some very interesting cases that you may want to include sometimes some of the cases i've included has come as a suggestion from the students themselves that hey prof, you should be you should be looking at this case it's a very interesting case you know this talks about the specific problem that you told us about in the class. So one side of it. The other side of it is uh, you know, networking for research. So you, we, you know, this is creative work. It all gets done in teams and, and uh, you know you work with your co-authors uh, and there'll be many co-authors. They're all spread all over the world. So networking in terms of you know, building relationships, cre- creating new co-author relationships networking in terms of also you know going to conferences you know hanging out with you know other people so so it is very critical right networking helps you to generate ideas networking helps you to spread your ideas right uh, so so those are the two things that uh, that are very important for us we generate our ideas we spread our ideas um, you know and, and how do you push your ideas forward again you know through the whole networking aspect of it
0: absolutely Now, uh, circling back to the fact that, as you mentioned, research is like a long term game. So what was something and you mentioned that that was something you'd always had at the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. Why did you think that, you know, what was that fit that you were looking for in research that you found there?
1: Right. So academic research is different. Right. So, I mean, the one thing that is very important is, are you intellectually very curious? Right. Are you looking at things and asking the question, okay, why is this happening? right so why are firms uh, adding more women in the board of directors mm-hmm. why there are so less women in uh, top management teams uh, why are you know women in a disadvantaged position when they are uh, you know when they are working in creative fields right so why is this firm acquiring this the firm why are firms spending so much money in acquisition so you're always seeing these things all around you, and then you are curious enough to ask why is this happening, right, uh, what specific context, what is the general, generalizable thing that I can get out of it. So the intellectual curiosity is very important, right, and, and I, I think I have that. I, I, that, that made that decision to move from, you know, the corporate to to academic much easier. Right. Right? Because in incorporation, corporation, okay, you are trying to solve a specific problem for the firm, right? right. Um, so your scope is narrow. And the second thing is you are trying to solve it very quickly for the firm. Okay. Right? Um, so those are the two things, you know, even though as long as I was working there, I enjoyed that process. But I wanted to answer questions that are broader than what was given to me during my stint in the firm. Or questions that are slightly more longer term oriented, right? So, uh, so that is the reason why I thought this is this is going to be a good field for me to to pivot right. to.
0: So, research basically gives you that freedom to look at ask those big picture questions and actually solve for those answers as well. Exactly. Uh, so, the last uh, the thing I wanted to talk about in this particular aspect was that. Um, Strategy as far as I can understand from your answers and the experience from your classes that mm-hmm. data is also something that's really important. Mm-hmm. so how do you balance like uh, thinking about strategy and doing analysis of data to find out answers for your solution uh, what happens when they don't match mm-hmm.
1: so, uh, so there are two things right there are two ways in which people address this. One is they have an interesting data set and try and see you know okay there's a data set this might help me answer a question right? The other way is you have a question, a burning question in your mind, and go seek out data that helps you answer that question, right? Right. Um, And people can have either strategies, right? So I've done both, right? Sometimes you have that data set and you say, oh, there are some interesting things happening. So you're observing some pattern in the data and then you say, okay, what could be happening here? What could be a question that I can answer with this? Right. Uh, The other thing is you're looking at things around there. You say, oh, there is this interesting question to be asked. Is there good data available to answer this question? Right. So that's how I look at it. Right. Uh, Research is, uh, um, you know, good academic research can, can come from either of these two possibilities.
0: Fair enough. And in the learning nugget segment of the podcast, the final question that I have is that what would be your advice for MBA students like me who would be graduating?
1: So I, I would I would say you know that I always tell my students there will always be opportunities right this world is changing fast there will always be opportunities, but the key is to if you learn the thing about which opportunities to pursue and which not to pursue right there are always fads and fashions people always have these fomo okay X is doing this so I should also be doing that X is successful doing that so I should also be doing that I would always say even though there are opportunities you should know. Which ones to pursue and which ones not to, right? And, and the key is to know key to understand your strengths. So the fit between the opportunity and you yourself, your capability is very important, right? And if you think there is an opportunity that you should be pursuing, but you don't have the capability to pursue it, can you reskill? Can you upskill? Can you get that fit? Right? right? But if you want to get into an opportunity without having the skills, without the capabilities, you're not going to do well. That's a missed opportunity. Right. So either you have that fit which make makes sure that you get in there, or if you think there is not a fit, can I do something about it? Can I get that match, you know, better? Um and and you know that that is, that is the same thing about firms and there is the same thing about individuals as well.
0: All right um with that we'll move to the final segment which is the network until rapid fire section so the first question would be what do you wish that your younger self knew about your current profession even though it's something you always had at the back of your mind
1: yeah so um so it took me as i said 10 years to pivot right uh, i should have known earlier that this is much more exciting i should have pivoted much earlier than that
0: all right uh the second would be that who is someone that you would say is like a, a role model for you
1: so, so so usually in our profession it's usually your advisor, right usually right. An academic advisor. So my academic advisor is uh, Professor Atul Merker at uh, UNC. Mm-hmm. He's always been my role model, not just because he's a great researcher, but also a great individual. Uh, he really cares for his student, he's very empathetic, right So uh, I see all the qualities uh, in him that help me do well in the program. Um, but I see all the qualities to emulate, you know, when I work with my students or my doctoral students.
0: Absolutely. Um, if you were not doing research right now, what industry do you think you might have been in at this point? I'll
1: probably be a consultant.
0: Okay. All right. And uh, you mentioned you read a lot. So uh, other than your academic reading, is there something that you are currently reading or watching? And if there's something you'd like to recommend our audience?
1: Yeah. So uh, so in terms of watching, I'm big... Um, uh star wars avengers okay. fans okay. so right now i'm watching the new the mandalorian new series that has come okay uh, i usually look for these things i don't generally i'm very choosy about there are a lot of material out there right i only watch the ones that i really this thing but mostly it is those you know, star wars or, or uh, avengers series uh things so that's what i'm watching in terms of reading i again so because there's a lot of stuff that uh, out there i try and read uh closer to my area of interest. So the two, two books that I'm reading right now is, uh, one is called The Cold Start Problem okay. um, by Andrew Chen. Uh, this uh, book talks about you know how can you scale a business? How can you create all the network effects, right? So okay. that's the first book. The second book I'm reading is called Masters of Scale. Um, okay. This is by Reid Hoffman, who's our LinkedIn uh, co-founder. Again, you know how do you really scale businesses? Um, so why do why why do I read this? So, you know, my uh, I'm very interested in growth, uh, and that's right. a course that I teach. But that growth course is mostly about growing established firms, turning around, transforming. These two books uh, talk about how can right. you scale a startup, right? Okay. So people talk about zero to one. Um, but what do you do after you reached one? What do you do when you have a product market fit? Right? How do you really scale it up? The big scaling problem. A lot right. of firms are right now facing that thing. How do we really scale it up? Mm-hmm. How do we profitably scale it up? So that's that's these are the two books that basically ask that question and try to answer it in different ways. Okay. Uh, so that's what it is. I think that's
0: really relevant uh, as you mentioned right now and the final question that I have for you is what is something that you wish I had asked you today is there anything you would have liked to talk about personal or professional uh,
1: so may- maybe you know what keeps you happy all the okay.
0: time and how would you have answered that
1: I, I, I think um, again you know so the, the, the the key is in balance, right? So the whenever I think I'm stressed out, I'll try and do something else. Okay. You know, right now, you know, so the, even though there is, you know, there's a lot of research pressure and everything else. So what really keeps me happy is playing with my two kids, right? So every time, you know, there's something or I'm stuck with something or you know, there's a writing block, uh, I just step away, go and play with them, and that helps me. Uh, Rejuvenate that helps me just you know, clear all that uh, thing that's in my mind. Um, so, right now, what's keeping me happy is basically playing with my two kids.
0: I think that's a lovely way to end the podcast. Thank you so much, Professor, for sharing Thank you so much, your Ashita. insights. Thank all you. the best. Thank you.